The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX, with yours truly, Neville James. It is a beautiful day in paradise. Um, I got in the car, right? As I say, that's the Yankee twang, right? I got in the car this morning, looked at the dash, 73 degrees. You know what I'm saying? So it was nippy last night in these parts, if 73 de- degrees qualifies as nippy. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure... Um, my first, our guest, um, the Soul Show host, Mr. Mike Canton, uh, he appreciates some 73 degrees uh, being up there in the Midwest, so we're going to get to him uh, in a little bit. We're going to send out um, some condolences, man. Craziness again yesterday, you know. Um, <clears throat> last year, um, when we had the shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde, you know, that was a, a very sensitive topic we had here on the show. Apparently yesterday at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Students were victimized. Uh, I think we lost six of them. Um, the um, somebody done chiming in already. Um, uh, okay, uh, Mr. Engineer, uh, uh, Mike Cantan, I hope I say he hearing a howl in 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 the. Uh, Okay, <laughs> he said maybe he's done. Okay, so so we we'll get to him. Um, but apparently, you know, we had my shooting again yesterday. Six students, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Apparently, the the perpetrator was a 67 year old professor whose application was denied. <clears throat> it's crazy, you know. So we definitely wanted to send out, you know, heartfelt uh, wishes to all the students, wherever you are. Because I'm sure it impacted you when you heard this. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we do know it. Anyway, you know what? I ain't going to keep Mr. Soul Show on hold uh, any any longer. Um, a childhood friend of mine, you know, um, St. Dunstan's days. Um, uh, he from the East End, up there in, uh, uh, what happened? Sally or Mary's Fancy? Uh, morning, Mike Canton. How are you? Good morning, sir. Look like we got a problem there. Mike Canton. That's how you say it in the stage, right? Canton. You know there's Mike Canton. Might have to hang up on and have him call back. Yeah, we losing something there. Um yeah. Uh yeah, I I got um I got, I just texted him, right? Let him hang up on call back. Are we you can hear him? Yeah. I gonna tell him. Yeah. Um, he done forty five fifty five. He done the 0761. No, that's, that's, that's a good, okay. You know what? Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell him no, hang up on call back on the, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, I just send that text message to hopefully come on. Yeah, what happened was, um, you know, we had a great conversation 
uh, with uh, Mike Cantan. Um, I think it was in 21, somewhere around there. And then he had hosted uh, one of our radio drives. So um, I've been looking forward to, you know, doing it again. And the time it couldn't have been more exquisite coming up on the festival and all that stuff. Uh, so I reached out to him on Tuesday. Um, I said, hey, Mike, man, um, let's do this. And, of course, um, I'm grateful that uh, he has acquiesced. So uh, we're going to make that conversation work um, as soon as um, we get him uh, on the other link. We got a lot to talk about. We got a conversation we're picking up on uh, from last time. Make sure I reach out to uh, Keith Richards because he, he had texted me. I remember Keith texting me uh, during that conversation that I was having with Mike the last time he was on, and he had referred to the Pink Album. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to try to text Keith and let Keith know that. Uh, morning, Assistant Commissioner, um, DPNR. I know you're in there no more, but I want to give a shout out to let you know that uh, Mike come and Mike are going to be talking about a number of different things uh, uh, over the next hour. And then in, uh, hour number two, um, Larry Griffith. Virgin Islands uh, native has been named to United Negro College Fund, uh, senior executive role. So we're gonna be talking with him in our number two. Mike Canton for the Soul Show. Good morning. Glad to have you on today. Hey Neville, this is Mike. Yeah, man, I can hear you, man. It's on loud and clear. How are you? We good? Yeah, we're good. I'm good. Okay, good. So, how you been, man? Happy holidays. Very, very good. Okay. You? Oh, very good. Can't complain. So you you in Pittsburgh now? It's kind of nippy up there. Kind of cold up there. Yeah, it's always nippy this time of year, yep. <laughs> Yo, our our weather dropped down to the low 70s this morning, man, when I got in the car. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, for those who may not know you, um, hearing you for the first time, didn't get to hear the, the, the last time we had a convo, I think it was back in 2021, uh, reintroduce yep. yourself. Uh, personally, because you got you got local roots here in the Virgin Islands, and let's get that out the way so we can talk music. Well, you could start tell tell them where we where we knew each other. <laughs> say Dunstan, I told them that already. I told them that already. They know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We we, we yeah, say Dunstan's link. Mommy taught you. <laughs> mommy, but mommy taught me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Mike's mom. <laughs> Mike, Mike's mom, a uh, great educator uh, from back in the day. But you go right ahead. Let let them know. Um, Pick it up from leaving St. Dunstan's and moving on to the mainland. Oh, gee. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I left, uh, wow, 40, uh, 76. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I went off to school, uh, had a career, uh, retired, and somewhere in between, I started doing radio. Um, it was an itch I had from teenagerhood. You remember Herb Schaumbaum? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Who could not remember yeah. Herb? Man, Herb is that. Uh... He taught a few of us. He, we had a radio class in the afternoon at St. Dunstan's. Uh -huh. And uh, so I did that with him. And then when I went to college, I got my uh, my broadcast license. But I never really used it until uh, the 2000s. And uh, after that, I just kind of took off with, with doing radio uh you know, as as for fun, and then as life moved on, I ended up doing it in a bigger way. Uh, so now, well, I started with um, 
a Pittsburgh station, and uh, then I started. I moved. I branched to Sunny FM for about a year, and then came over to your station. I've been with you since 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. The Soul Show mm-hmm. on Saturday evenings. Um, and that's the story. That's the story. No, you know, I, I want to touch on something you just mentioned, right? Radio license. Um, you you, yeah. you you in the arena so long that people may not know that there was a time that in order to be a, a radio DJ, or you had to get a radio license, right? That's right. And yeah. I, I remember getting mine, right? Me and I used to, um, when I was, when I worked at uh, our college radio station, College of Old Westbury, yeah. out there yeah. in, uh, in Long Island, um, we had to, um, I mean, we, 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 I think because it was a college station, we, you had an early waiver, but you had to go. You had to still apply for your license at some point. So I remember me and my my friend Roger Hennessy driving out, driving into the city, and going down to the FCC yeah. office. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, going through the yeah. horror for formality back in back in the fall of 1984. So let me see. That's what. Yeah. That's uh 39 years ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> and I got I got my yeah. radio license. Yo yo, when you get that. You know, it's like a diploma. <laughs> you know yeah. 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 It makes you official. I have an embarrassing story. I actually didn't pass. Wow. Um, and and the reason really was that, uh, you know, the technical part, um, I wasn't worried about at all, but didn't memorize the rules. Yeah, man. The written rules. The written rules. You know, yeah. I, went, I went in thinking I could just, you know punch some numbers and get it done but i really i had to go back and study the other half yeah 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 so you go through that part being a little lazy but then you know the fcc relaxed a lot of rules and all that stuff so now you can just yeah yeah they did yeah so i I was reading the the story you put up on on the website a lot has happened uh, in the last year so uh break that down yeah uh let's see so uh, after, uh, let's see, um, the show started in, in 95 with a couple of guys that had founded it, um, uh, on a station called WYEP in Pittsburgh, which was an independent, uh, music station, a pretty popular one. And I joined and then took over, uh, a number of years later. And so, and it's, Around its 27th year, um, it was struggling after the pandemic. During the pandemic, I think one of the things that happened was drive, driving, you know, listening while commuting had dropped, and they were desperately trying to figure out uh, how to increase listenership. So the structure of programming is that there is what you would call singer-songwriter alternative rock mm-hmm. during most of the core hours during the week. And on the weekend, we had what's known as specialty programming, where shows like The Soul Show, uh, uh, Roots and Rhythm, Big Town Blues, and other shows uh, would be run by in a, in a much looser way and a really fun way where we brought in our own music. Well, I think in the desperation of trying to increase membership, they revamped the weekends and canceled my show on Saturday and canceled one on Sunday. And it created quite an uproar in the community. Um, I, uh, you know, I, 
You know, I worked in industry for many years. I, really, I understood how decisions are made, and you're not necessarily part of it, and you don't necessarily get to see all of the data needed to make decisions. But what ended up happening during that time was the station realized that it did not have a diverse enough audience. Mm -hmm. And so shows like mine had an important part in that. And right at that time, two weeks after the show was canceled, one of my listeners uh, came up to me and showed me a newsletter that they had put out. And it it normally had a, a, a what was it, a, a red header that matched the station's logo. And I think they decided to do some marketing thing because, you know, they changed colors, they changed logos and stuff. And um, they changed the color to blue. But the logic behind it was that maybe this matches our eyes, the blue. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, at that point, I kind of put the whole thing together and said, if you're in trouble and you're trying to diversify you really need to be more conscious of what that means to people. And so I didn't make a fuss, but I did a tongue-in-cheek thing on social media and took pictures of me and my dog and people from St. Croix. A lot of pictures I had and just put blue in the pupil. <laughs> and it got so much attention that the Pittsburgh... A Post Gazette wrote me, and uh, and wrote about it, and it it created a huge uproar in the community. And as you know, St. Thomas Source also uh, wrote something about it. Mm -hmm. In that uproar, some really interesting and supportive things happened. One is money that used to go from listeners to to my Pittsburgh station actually flowed to WTJ. <laughs> DJX in support of me. <laughs> so uh, you know, one one man's one, one man's loss was another's gain. Classic cliche, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So real time cliche. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what happened in, in parallel with that? I had, as I mentioned, I had come to TJX, and that was really the beginning of my syndicated show of the same name. When I left WYEP. I already had several stations um, running the same show name, the same show style, uh, but in a more national and Caribbean way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm on, I'm on 10 stations now. Wow. And growing. Yeah, I, I, so it's pretty like cool. That. So, you know, sometimes you get pushed and you realize that the, the work that you did, uh, for whatever reason, years before, finally really comes to help you because I was fully capable of producing at home at that point. Um, so it was actually not that big of a deal. And then a Pittsburgh jazz channel picked me up yeah, in I, a few weeks I, yeah, I was and, about and that. Pulled, pulled all my listeners over <laughs> and I gained new listeners because the jazz audience is kind of tuned into what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, WZUM, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah, and and how has that relationship been since 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 you? It's you're been the, wonderful. You know, those guys went through some upheaval in Radio Land years before, and have been in the process of rebuilding their station and their presence. Uh, they do pretty traditional jazz, but they were looking for something to go off the edge a little bit, and I happen to be 
a really good fit. In fact, some of the stations I'm with, like WESM in, in, uh, on the eastern shore of Maryland is a jazz station, but they do specialty programming like mine, you know, to spice it up and to look into the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maryland Eastern Shore. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you hear yeah. that, whenever you hear that, it, uh, it, you know, it's, it goes hand in hand because they got university out there. And then, of course, in the summertime, that's where everybody goes, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one of the pitches they made to me when they asked me to come on was uh, that shore is very popular to Pittsburghers because it's only about four miles from, from us. So he says, man, a lot of your listeners are going to be on the beach <laughs> turning you on. Yeah, so man, I said, well, yeah. let's do it. No, that's, that's it's awesome. It's been a wonderful experience. Ten stations. How far west is the reach? Alaska? Yeah. I'm in Alaska, uh, Washington State, um, uh, and then Kentucky coming back east, uh, WZUM, a college station also in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, all of Rhode Island's public radio network, um, a really cool station at uh, at North Carolina A and T. Okay. WNAA is a college station, and they let me tell you, they <laughs> they are so cool. <laughs> no, Some of these college stations are very progressive, you know. Yeah. And my my show's a little bit edgy and different, you know. I, I it, it's not for everybody, but if you're looking for for discovery and you're looking for a wide breadth of experience like at a college station it just fits well so it's been good that's what we're talking about we're talking here with mike canton the host of the soul show you know it's it's a staple here on wtjx fm and uh what we're gonna do is what we're gonna we head to our first break we gain away um yeah we gain away um two pair of tickets to the taste of two islands happening next week over there in st thomas so we're gonna do that uh, when we come back uh, from this break, but the next two segments we're gonna be talking music. Right? We just throwing names at Mike, and he gonna break it down to the best of his ability. Um, you know, I got a lot of things I want to talk about, and and of course, one of the things I want to talk about, Mike, I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, we lost a great one, uh, Tina Turner, right? Yeah. Uh, in in yeah. May, so we'll talk a little bit about the greatness of uh, the late Tina Turner here on a, so a let me see a Thursday morning convo with the one and only Mike Canton from The Soul Show. Be back right after this. Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Sight Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Sight Parkala to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. 
It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Now we're back here on Analyze This. Don't forget to stay on top of the local news scene by tuning into the WTJX news feed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas at 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM. 93.1, your NPR station uh, in the Virgin Islands. Get ready to savor the flavors at the Taste of Two Islands Food Festival. Be the 12th caller at 340-718-0761 and win a pair of tickets to this delectable event on Thursday, December 14th at the Mark C. Marin Center in St. Thomas. Right beginning now, the 12th caller who calling right now, the engineer that he going to be laying the callers know what number they at. And then the 12th caller, you'll get two tickets, right? And this event is hosted by the WTJX FM 90.1 station. It's a culinary experience you won't want to miss. And I'm going to be there. And me and all of the staff going to be there. And I'm going to be pushing them, letting you know who all the people are who, are, you know, uh, make this thing work. And uh, we're going to hang out um, next week, a week today. I mean, I remember when we first started talking about this. It was a couple of months away. Now we're seven days out. So I'm looking forward to that. So the 12th caller to 340 Seven one eight zero seven six one. Beginning right now, you're good for two tickets, and we're gonna do it again um, around the same time as our number two, around nine twenty nine twenty one. So we got Mike Canton online. Good morning, schoolmate. Glad to have you on, Mr. Soul Show himself. Good morning, schoolmate. Okay, so yeah. we're good. So we were talking about Tina Turner, the great Tina Turner. Uh, for me though, right? You know, I'm I'm a little bit yeah. younger, right? So my Tina Turner experience was in the mid eighties. I'm in college. Um, at the time, I, when I was at uh, Old Westbury and transitioning, and then I transferred to University of Miami. What's love got to do with it, man? That one, yeah. yo, that that that, uh, and you know something, Mike? I'm I'm at in a drive-through at McDonald's this year, and the song was playing, right? And I'm listening to yeah. it, and I said to myself, they had to, they must have remastered this because. The, the the arrangement and the music had sung so clear and so modern day, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and not only that, not only was she a great singer, but the arrangement for that song was out of this world, man. Wow. What's love got to do with it? Ain't no yes. joke, man. Yeah, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, I really started paying attention to her with that album, right? I mean, for many of us, I think, 
that was certainly her rebirth. I mean, yeah. she had been on Soul Train with Don Cornelius. She had been around, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. with Ike with Turner Ike. since the 60s. But, you know, she had a rough time. Mm-hmm. And then she came back. And, and one of the things that I, I always found interesting, you know, if you look at the rebirth of some of the soul artists, yeah. the way that that formula has to some degree come through the British scene. Okay. Where it's almost like the northern soul people over there recognize uh, what she could offer later on. And if you listen to that particular song, I mean, it you could almost hear, like, there's a reggae beat in it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the, <laughs> the British. And, yeah, they pulled reggae in quite readily. And what, one of the interesting things about the Brits is that when the, the U.S. calls things world music, there's no such thing in Britain because they incorporate it into their music and it's just their music. Mm-hmm. So pulling in reggae was not a big deal, just like with the police. You know, they just do it. Mm-hmm. They, they like it and they play it. And so that was that was an interesting twist to her change and her success. Another big tune was a Typical Male, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, so I'm listening to it as well, and I said, you know something, Tina really was a, a legend. I mean, y- yeah. y- you wouldn't know that she was up there because her voice was not only brilliant, it was powerful. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, yo. So, you know, we yeah. want to give a, uh, in, in 2023, we lost the icon in Tina Turner. And I just wanted to make sure we had a little segment where we could uh, rap, uh, rap about her greatness. Now, when you are on. So let me, before, yeah, go ahead. before we move on. Yeah, go ahead. Let me just say one thing. Uh, I I just texted you. You did. Uh, the link to the, sh- the tribute that I did to her in May. Correct. Or June. Correct. Yeah, yeah, if you want to post that to people. Yeah, Regular yeah. listeners heard it. But if somebody wants to check that out, it kind of it goes through some interesting phases of her. And I think the last piece I did was one that she did. In it was from Herbie Hancock's "The Joni Letters." Okay. Uh, in, in, in tribute to Joni, and uh, it, and so it's a cover of a song done by Tina, and, and it is uh, it, it takes you to a place where you realize how much else Tina had to offer. No, I, you know, it was I, I, really like a jazz piece. Yeah, I got, I got the link. It's amazing. I can send it to um to Marisol and see if they could put it up. Uh, actually, it's dated June seventh, but it's a May episode, right? Because she died. She died in late. She died in well. She died in late May of twenty twenty three. Yes. Yeah. So. And that show was produced on the thirty first of May, but probably aired uh, like the third. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. On you WTJX. Got it. You got it. So I got it. I'll, yeah. I'll make sure that uh, Marisol uh, gets uh, a copy of this now. Um, when, when, when you came on the last time, we, we talked about the, this, the town of Dayton. Remember that? Remember that yeah. part of the conversation? Uh, where, yeah, where, where you were, you were, you were educating me and the audience, um, that Dayton was like a hotbed for jazz or, 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 or funk, funk, excuse me, funk correctly. Yeah. More, yeah. 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 Uh, so, so if you will, um, could you articulate on that again to let the public know that we might know the big cities like Philadelphia and Baltimore and New York, but Dayton, Ohio was a hotbed uh, for, for funk yeah. and, and the great the great funk musicians from back in the day. Let's start a little bit broader with uh, <clears throat> uh, Ohio. 
Okay. Well, I'm going there. I, I, that's why I wanted you to. I wanted to start there with Dayton because I might see. Oh, you want me to start with Dayton? Start with Dayton because there, so there's I'll something. Kind of go through a list of, of correct some of, the, some of the bands, so you'll know oh, correct. You know, like who I'm talking about. Okay. And good. some you'll know, and some some would be a little bit vague at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neville, I think you will know bands like. Uh, uh, Ohio players. Well, well, that's why that's why going. You know, what I'm saying because yeah. because you know. one of my what, uh, there was a rapper from Flint, Michigan, by the name of MC Breed. Right, he passed away. Yeah. Right, but he had a song. That, one of my favorite rap songs is "Ain't No Future in Your Frontin." Right, and okay. and and the sample was the Funky Worm. Right. Oh yeah, Funky Worm is amazing. Yeah, that's that's Ohio yeah. players, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Kendrick Lamar, right? Kendrick Lamar did some sampling of that. Uh, uh, it's actually Funky Worm is deemed one of the the staples uh, of of hip hop music that has been sampled. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, that, that 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 folks rhyme over. But go right ahead, talk about Dayton and Ohio uh, and the impact. Well, there was also uh, you know there was Lakeside. There oh, was yes. actually a band called uh, Dayton. There was Heatwave. Oh yes. Um, Yes. And uh, if you go to the Funk Museum in Dayton, you'll see, you know, everybody uh, from there. And uh, you'll meet the curator who can give you every micro detail because he grew up there and he knew all of those guys. Um, one guy that I have met tangentially from that, his name is Jared Michael Nickerson. He grew up with all of those guys, but his mother... Uh, told him he is not going to be a musician without getting his degree. And uh, she herself was a, I think she was a, she was a microbiologist or something. <laughs> and so she said, you're going to school. Yeah, man. And so yeah. reluctantly he went and got his business degree. And he, what he did, he went on to uh, become part of a collective called Burnt, Burnt Sugar, the Orchestra Chamber, A-R-K, uh, like Sun Ra, uh, Ark. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so he, I've interviewed him on my show and he talked about one of the reasons, um, oh, Roger Troutman and Zap too. I forgot to mention. Oh my gosh, how, how could you? All, those yeah. guys, I think Zap may have been from a, a slightly different town, but they were part of the scene. What was happening in Dayton back then, as Jared tells me, is that, uh, the, the black community was more middle class than in a lot of places because of national cash register, the uh, military bases. Okay. And, uh, and uh, it was, I believe, the, the true tire capital of the country. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, good manufacturing jobs. So all of these young cats had really cool gear in their basements. And so when they jammed, uh, they had all the toys, you know, including <laughs> the vocorder that Roger Troutman used. Yeah. So, so Jared said that's part of why it was such an incubator. Uh, these guys got to play with stuff that not everybody could afford. You know, they had toys in the basement. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I I didn't even remember that um, Heat Wave was 
was from Dayton because back in our disco just days. Just a couple of the guys. Yeah, yeah. Just back, a couple just of Just a couple of guys, okay. Yeah. Because uh, back in the days, yeah. uh, Boogie Nights was a big tune. We used to go to the parties, right? We didn't want to know when the DJ, because, you know, that was the disco, 78, 79, 77, 78, right. 79. Yeah. That's, that's the height of the disco, you know what I'm saying, with uh, Chic and all that stuff taking over and with good times and stuff. But I didn't even realize that. And then uh, reading their story, uh, Heat Wave, they actually formed in London. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so, that's interesting. Yeah, that's why I say there were a couple of guys, you yeah. know. Um, and Rod Temperton, of course, well, we know where he ended up. He was all over Quincy Jones and mm-hmm. Michael mm-hmm. Jackson's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that, yeah. that, that's that's interesting. Now, yeah. um, the Godfather, so, right? There's only, yeah. there's only one, you know what I'm saying? And, and James Brown, uh, uh, I'm going to give you this story. Uh, uh, it must have been 2017, 2018, um, watching TV, watching some football, and there's this Walmart commercial with James Brown music as, as the backdrop, right? So yeah, I thought yeah. it was the big payback, but it was actually Papa Don't Take No Mess. Right, <laughs> so so I I go up and I read the background story for for Papa Don't Take No Mess. Right, apparently. So check this out. Right, apparently, it they wanted James Brown to do some work um, on the soundtrack for Hell Up in Harlem, the movie from back in the early seventies. Right. Yeah. But they told him, Nah, man, the, the music that you you, you bring in, uh, it's the same old thing. Ain't, ain't, ain't changed none. Right. So that's how yeah. the he said, "Oh, really? Okay." And that's where the impetus for I'm gonna pay them back by letting them know that I still oh. got it like that, right? Yes. So, so, yes. so, so it's interesting that the stories behind the music uh, is is just as captivating as the music itself. Sometimes, Mike. Uh, you know, I've always believed that the stories have to be part of the presentation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just turn on the radio and listen to music. But some of us are a bit restless and, and, and curious, <laughs> and we want to know the evolution. And so, you know, people who listen to me regularly know that, that there's a story behind a lot of the music that I do. Even when you don't realize there's a story, there's a story. And after you've researched these things uh, for almost 20 years, in my case, the threads, the synapses still connect. They constantly come together. And sometimes I realize when I'm just talking, I can't, I don't realize what I remember about what I've studied. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it just keeps growing. You mentioned Payback, and one of the things I remember about that album, it came right after his son died in a tragic accident oh. in upstate New York. Wow, I didn't know uh, that. Up near yeah. Woodstock, New York. Yeah. Uh, I think on Bear Mountain. Mm-hmm. And he was devastated, and this was his comeback. Okay, okay. That, that's, that's, that, that's, that album is very meaningful in his life. Mm-hmm. It's what healed him. Well, my, my connection to, to the big payback is Biz Marquis. Right, because he, he uh-huh. yeah, Biz Marquis, the rapper, he had a song named Vapors. That's actually one of like my top five hip hop songs, and that's uh-huh. that's the sample. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yes. The big payback is the sample. So I've always been curious. So now, so when I started reading up on it, and it was actually one of the yes. singles um, for um, for James Brown that actually went gold. 
You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, uh-huh. and, and uh, it's interesting. We actually lost Bismarcky in 2021 as well. You know what I'm saying? So, I want to give a yeah, shout out yeah, to, to the great yeah. Bismarcky. By the way, um, I already got comments and questions and all that stuff. Uh, oh, what, please. Yeah, yeah one, of my, one of my listeners, uh, Rufus Tomble, he's a big supporter of mine, not a St. Thomas. He said, I was going there about the affluence. Anyway, Bootsy Collins is from Ohio, which leads me to this, right? Um, I hang yeah. out at a spot here, you know, where I play the horses and I'm like the in-house DJ from time to time. The guys give me the money, say, never go, go punch the music because, you know, I like jazz and, and the funk. So Harold Willax, of course, I know you know Harold Willax, right? Yep. We, we, we were talking about all of the musicians who hang out, uh, who was in that time, of course, Maceo Parker and all that stuff, uh, the sax man for, for James Brown and bass players and all that stuff. And Harold Willax said, do not forget Bootsy Collins. Right? And, right. and 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 my yeah. friend here, uh, Rufus Tomble, said, anyway, Bootsy Collins is from Ohio. And I know Bootsy, it looks like when I started hearing Bootsy, he had already done a lot of damage before that. You know what I'm saying? So Bootsy, a great, great funk guy. He was a bass, he was a bass player, right? Yeah, uh, Bootsy and his brother Catfish and a couple of other guys used to hang out in Cincinnati mm-hmm. outside of King Records, and that's where James Brown was blowing up. And James was a tyrant with his with his musicians. Yeah. <laughs> so they were on tour, and he dumped some or all of them right then. Yeah, man. And sent the manager back on the on the Learjet to pick up Bootsy and his brother and the others because they were always hanging, hanging out, out, hanging out, yeah, and yeah. knew knew the music right. And uh, and so Bootsy said that flight was his first time on a plane. What? <laughs> wow. The great the great Bootsy The great Bootsy Collins first flight was getting picked up by James Brown to come play some music. On, on a Learjet. <laughs> on a Learjet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And wow. you know what's really cool about, you know, what I call uh Bootsy uh is one of the final ambassadors of funk. You know, James is gone. Uh, Bootsy is here, Maceo is here, and Fred Wesley is here, the last two being mm-hmm. uh, horn men and band leaders for James at, at one time or the other. Uh, but Bootsy, uh, Bootsy's trajectory uh, was kind of was a, a preview of what was starting to happen with the influence of James. First of all, he was a, you know, Bootsy was young and an upstart, and all the other guys were trembling in their boots, and Bootsy would be in the back of the, the tour bus with his headphones on, listening to Black Sabbath. Wow, wow! And you know when you and I when I read that, you know, then I said, okay, Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath is some of the heaviest, <laughs> thickest, you know, bass rhythm. Yeah, man. And, yeah, yeah. And well, guitar. Well, and I said that's where Bootsy got that mess from. Without a doubt, <laughs> exactly. We're gonna take out. Heavy. Up, I mean, and he, and, we, and he took that to P Funk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh they yes. Pulled him away. And, without a doubt. Let, let's take a break. Maceo and Fred did too. Yeah, let's take a break on that. Um, um, we got Mike Cantor from the Soul. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culture Man Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. 
Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Parking Lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. We have a winner, Miss Lorna Nichols. Hey, Lorna. Yeah, man, I like in that. You know what I'm saying? We're hanging out next week at the Taste of Two Islands over there at the Marxie Marine Center uh, in St. Thomas. Congratulations. You get a couple of tickets, so we're going to hang out. You know what I'm saying, Lorna? And it's going to be good to see you as well. And uh, we got um, <coughs> Mike, Mike Canton uh, on the show. For, uh, uh, oh, he's on the line here. He is the soul show. You know what I'm saying? And we're glad to have him here. Uh, Mike. Time for me to to be pe- to, yeah. pe- to pepper you with some some uh, comments and questions from the audience. You know what I'm saying? Because they make this I thing work it. for me. So here we go. Here's the first one, right? And you're gonna like you're gonna like the 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 the, the flow because they're not all the same. Here's a question. Good. Uh, ask your guest if he has ever heard of the Real Silk Band, a top jazz band in Pittsburgh a decade ago. Have you heard of Real Sick Band? Headed by yes. Arnold Stagger from St. John. So we if, got we got a link. So Talk if, a little if, bit about if, that if, if you, you will. Go to, if you go to my Facebook page, uh, you'll see Arnold's uh, banner. I put a picture of him from 2016 randomly yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> On my he's my he's my profile pic uh, right now. Wow. <laughs> so yes, I know Arnold. Wow. What I didn't know is that Arnold was from St. John Saint- until last year. Yeah, man. And I've known him around here for 10 years. Wow. Wow. Small world, man. Maybe 15. It is a small world, yeah. yeah. I just posted his picture. That's awesome. Uh, from 2016. Every day I try to take a, 
a, a photo that I took at some show or something and put it up as my banner just to help people reflect back or to even see what's going on right now that they might have missed. Because yeah. I go to a lot of shows and yeah. um, I don't think I ever saw Real Silk, but he he's playing. He he played with a group called Artistry. This week he's playing with another group, maybe the franchise band. He's all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. already having re- I'm already having regrets. Okay, we only got like twelve to fourteen minutes left. And well, let's roll. Let's yeah, no, 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 no. Here, here, here. No, no, no. Yo, yo. Here's the deal, right? At some point, because the last time I saw you, I believe it was at the concert in Fredericksted. The jazz conference, yeah, Diane Reeves, uh, uh, Diane Reeves uh, last last uh, February, uh, when we had the fear, yep. the, the night before the fear. So make sure that yep. if and when you come again, you come in the studio so we could do the whole two hours because my phone blowing up here with a whole oh. lot of questions. So, so you're big. Well, if you didn't know it, oh. uh, like uh, Biggie Small said, and if you don't know, now you know. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so you're big like that. Uh, next, next um, <clears throat> comment. Good show. I'd love to hear Mike's perspective on Nile Rogers and the breadth of his yeah. influence. For example, many folks don't know that '80s bands like Roberta, like Duran Duran. I said Roberta. Anytime I see Duran, I think Roberta. Right? Duran Duran benefited handsomely <laughs> from collaboration with Rogers. Now, I, 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 I pulled up a YouTube clip where he actually broke down how he created the rhythm and the music Let's, for Let's Dance Let's with, 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 with David Bowie. Bowie. Oh, you, you saw that clip as well? So, uh, it's amazing. It, it is it amazing. Is. You know, so it talk a little amazing. bit about Nile Rodgers. And, of course, uh, he was a part of Chic in its heyday. Yes. Right? With, uh, what was his partner? Bernard, Bernard Edwards. Bernard Edwards, who unfortunately passed yeah. away. He had a heart attack in Japan uh, reading that while they were, I think they were on tour. Um, so talk a little bit about the influence of the great Nile Rodgers. Well, I can tell you what it meant to me at the very beginning of Chic. You know, uh, I would almost say it was like the post-disco era. Well, I think it actually was the transition from disco to the, to the, to the you know, more upbeat yes. music. Yeah. Right. You know, it was like it was, uh, it was sophisticated funk. Yeah. You know, uh, and... Uh, you know, I I honestly kind of lost track of what they what he did post Chic until many years later, uh, when I realized what he did with Bowie, mm-hmm. uh, which in and of itself is an amazing period as as Bowie was came to the states to try to pick up the American R and B experience. Uh, let's dance. What he, Let, let's dance. Nineteen eighty three. That that was a monster hit, man. Monster. I mean. Luther Vandross uh, was voicing and helping Bowie with some of the stuff before the album that we all know is Luther's first album. It's actually the second I found out recently, okay. but uh, but but uh, the, the 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 first album that truly was part of his discography was Post Experience with Bowie. But I'm going off on a tangent a little bit because I'm no, that's I'm thinking okay. about the that's big okay. the the big world of of all of those guys around that time. So, uh, you know, there, there are just some people who just never seem to become irrelevant. And I think he's one of them. Yeah. Without, you know, without a Nile Rogers. And Sheik, and Sheik, good times, you know, yeah. you know, good times is actually the, the, the music that took hip hop to the next level. Cause the sugar Hill gang, right. They sampled right. 
uh, um, <clears throat> good times. Yeah. And from there, the rest is history. You know what I'm saying? And yes, uh, we're looking at a 50 year anniversary for um, for 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 um, uh, rappers delight come the latter part of this decade. So that's just to let you know. You know, I mean, of course, you know, hip hop is celebrating its 50 year anniversary this year, but the real song that that validated hip hop music as um, rapping on top of sampled music was Rapper's Delight from in 1979. And I don't think uh, we're going to have uh, much uh, dispute on that. Now, Isaac Hayes, one of my listeners, uh, uh, what about Isaac Hayes, guitarist with the twang? Uh, talk a little bit about the impact of Isaac Hayes as it relates to soul music and his just absolute brilliance. I'm trying to remember the name of an album that this listener should listen to. There's a group called the Bo Keys. Mm -hmm. B-O hyphen keys, like keyboards. Yeah. And look up a song called Coming Home. <laughs> and it's got that signature wah-wah. It is the same guitarist. <laughs> These are guys who came together in the post-Stax era um, and, and continued that Stax sound with uh, like Isaac Hayes style and you know uh, first first wave Barquet style and all of those things. Uh, Isaac Hayes was a monster, <laughs> and it just reminded me that I I might have some work I need to do before the end of the year because I do fifty year anniversaries of albums, mm -hmm. and Tahoe is one of them. So far, I've done Head to the Sky, Composite Truth, Headhunters, Catch a Fire, Ship Ahoy. Uh, I had another one here. Uh, oh, three plus three. I've done probably close to ten this year, and I still need to do Tahoe before nine, uh, the nineteen seventy four fifty year anniversaries come around. So thanks for that nudge. Not, not only I need that, to right? Do the live album with Tahoe. Uh, I, you know what? We don't have enough time. I, I can talk all day about this stuff. What's crazy about you know Isaac Hayes is that he was pretty much a traditional song writer and did some music with David Porter. But then when Stax collapsed because of a contract dispute with Atlantic Records, they lost their entire rights to their catalog and they had to rebuild. Uh, and they were told, guys, ladies, you need to create a new catalog. And Isaac Hayes raised his hand and said, you know, I'll do some of that. And he became a superstar in his own right with Shaft, you know, and all wow. of these things. Wow. Uh, and and at, by the time he got to albums like Tahoe, he was feeling some creative freedom. He actually wanted to do music by some of the other famous writers. So, like, by the time I get to Phoenix with that long soliloquy, that's kind of when he got a chance from the label to start interpreting other people's work. No, that's, that's awesome. Of course, for those of you who don't know, Isaac Hayes actually had an investment on St. Croix. We had a, a housing development by the name of Lorraine Village. And uh, right. Isaac Hayes had, had owned that. By the way, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hip-hop guy, right? I'm a 70s, yep. 80s guy. Uh, and in, in 1991, the Ghetto Boys, they had a, a big tool mind playing tricks on me. And the sample for that was Hung Up On My Baby by Isaac Hayes, right? <laughs> uh, Which was, that was a 1974 uh -huh. uh, hit. Now, uh, let's talk a little jazz, uh, if you will, right? I'm driving back from Toronto to New York City last year, and I'm listening to Spyro Jaira. And yep. uh, morning dance. My dad, my dad used to use that a lot with the Saint Croix Talent Club, and we use it here as one one of our advertisement clips, uh, as well. T 
tell us tell us tell us what you know and 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 how clean music that got like a little tropical twist to it like a morning dance and i want to give a shout out to my boy rufus tumble again from st thomas he's the one who hooked me up uh with that um we're probably gonna have to bounce to the next question there are always gaps in everybody spirogyra is a gap for me <laughs> and i can't even explain why it's sort of like when things are flying at you you kind of grab things out of the air yeah. i didn't grab them it ain't got spirogyra. okay okay no but, no but but you know morning dance right right Yep. So, so, so yep. that's the type of thing uh, that that, yep. that that Paul Desmond playing the saxophone and take five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the day, for the day, Brewer Quartet, and word has it that that is arguably the greatest jazz funk song ever. Take five in I, the history. I. I never thought of it as funk, but okay. Yeah. It's certainly one of the standards of jazz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 there's something about it, you know, that people, you know, every time I play it at the spot that I'm hanging out, you know, people hear it. People could relate to that. Um, yes. so, and, of course, um, Dave Brubeck, you know, of course, uh, that, that speaks for itself. You familiar with Sonny Rollins? You know that name? Yeah. You know Sonny Rollins, people then come from the Virgin Islands out of St. Thomas? No, I did not. I, I didn't know until uh, Tuesday night. My friend Melbourne, Ab right. Melbourne Adams, we were having a conversation at 2 plus 2, and he said uh, there was a song by the name of St. Thomas, and I can't remember who the guy is. Of course, you know, I like to get on my, my cell phone. And yep. Sonny Rollins, right? The great Sonny wow. Rollins. Yeah. And uh, when I read the... When I read the, uh, the uh, so I, I was looking for an angle uh, to bring this up. And uh, when I, uh, I, I said when I get on the show, right, I gonna let the public know that uh, I need somebody from St. Thomas who knows anything about Sonny Rollins' family from back in the day uh, to link wow. me. Yeah, yeah. And I said uh, when you read his, when you read his uh, story, um, they make it clear, right? Rollins was born in New York City to parents from the Virgin Islands. You know what I'm saying? So you wow. know that that migration from in the late 1800s to 1960s. Yo, ever living? That 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 is real, yeah. Mike. That that New York thing. You, they won't leave, they won't leave in the Virgin Islands and go to the states. They were leaving to go to New York, and then from there, that's right. From there, uh, they branched out. Uh, finally, um, because of course you know time uh, uh, flies. You mentioned Maceo Parker, right? Yeah. And of course you mm -hmm. know people know uh, James Brown and real James Brown lovers. They they always say Maceo, right? So I was reading his story. Apparently, the bass player who he replaced, um, Leroy Fleming, right? He was uh, a bass man, uh, the bass man for James Brown. He went to D.C. and he hooked up with Chuck Brown and the Soul Searchers, right? Uh, and that's where Maceo and his brother, because his brother played the drums, that's where... Uh, that's how Maceo got in to James Brown. And it's interesting, you know, based on the story you just said about Isaac Hayes. Now, we talk, we're really talking baritone sax, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, but the, the point that I'm making is we can't get away from, it isn't just about the story, it's about being in the right place at the right time for a lot of these great musicians and, 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 and artists, Mike Anton. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, I meet a lot of musicians, you know, 
independent local people who are very good. And what I would say to any artist is uh, if you're not good, you could still be great, but it's harder. If you're great, it's hard to be famous, even despite your skill, unless you do everything right, make sure you stay connected, and make sure that everything that you present is top quality. Like, I'll give an example. If somebody sends me good music, but the cover art is awful, when I have a hundred things I need to skim through, you know, a bad cell phone picture as a, as a promotional picture tells me they're, they're not working hard enough and I'm going to move on to something else because I can't listen to everything. Mm-hmm. So the visual is a quick uh, thing. I mean, it doesn't have to be them, but it has to be a high quality picture that's <clears throat> like the album art we knew growing up. Well, I, I, when I think of, how many t- when I think mm-hmm. of when I think of album art, I think of Third World, and there and there. It's one of the best series <laughs> of uh, art I've ever seen. Yeah, man, yeah, man. That's so, that's some beautiful art. Uh, quickly, um, Bob James. Uh, he did, he did you know that he he is a a main player on Mr. Magic for Grover Washington Jr. Yeah, I finally I finally uh, saw Bob James up close. In fact, I took some my station. Uh, we interviewed him uh, at the Pittsburgh International Jazz Festival. So I actually uh, was with him very recently and mm-hmm. never gotten close before. But Mr. Magic and all of that stuff comes from what? From CTI Records. Creed Taylor International, a uh, guy out of Duke University who created this this label that for many of us was our first try at jazz as young cats trying wow. to find our way to maybe traditional wow. jazz. No, don't hang like up. Grover no. was in there. Yeah, there yeah. was a guy named Eric Gale. Eric Gale. Eric Gale. Uh, Eric Gale played the bass. Yeah, yeah. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. We're going to a break. Um, I'm, I'm going to dismiss you on the backside of 9 o'clock. Don't go away. Be back right after this. Good. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big <laughs> cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. This holiday, join us for Season of Light, Christmas with the Tabernacle Choir, featuring Harold Trumpets and the orchestra and bells at Temple Square, with Tony Award-winning Broadway singer Leia Salonga and world-renowned actor Sir David Suchet, with classic carols that stir the soul, lift the spirit, and invite peace. December 12th at 9 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. 